Good morning and a very warm welcome to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gale. And folks, I trust that this finds you well. What a week it has been. On Monday, I had a very interesting day at a youth event that took place at Tullamore Methodist Church. And I had such a blast with the young people and what they were doing and the worship and everything that was organised between them and this talks and the Q&A session and everything else. And then on Halloween night, it ended up that I was with Hope Trust in Athlone out on the street and we're having a time of praise and worship and giving God the glory while the fireworks were going off and the rain was falling and just praising God for his goodness and the fact that he is our light in the darkness. Today, we are going to be looking into Psalm 107, a psalm that really has ministered into my life, has really spoken to me, and one that has been transformative in my life. Joe will be with us, and also Pastor Phil will be with us. As we go and delve into the word, and again as we look at Joseph and his life, and of course the last time that we were looking at Joseph, he was indeed in prison. But to set the stage, to get things rolling, let us listen to first the song based on Psalm 107 and then the reading of Psalm 107 by Charlize. We're reading from Psalms 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for ye is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from lands from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind, for He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains, because they rebelled against God's commands, and despised the plans of the Most High. So He subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. For He breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He sent out His word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of His works with songs of joy. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, His wonderful deeds in the deep. For He spoke and stirred up a tempest that that lifted high the waves They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, 
and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live, and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste, but he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Midlands 183 Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill, where we are going to dig into Psalm 107 and what it means to me. But first, in light of the week that has taken place, Joe was sharing of his personal experience in the spiritual realm and speaks about demons. Listen to Joe and his story in regard to needing deliverance. Hello, Mark sixteen seventeen. Jesus said, these signs will accompany those who believe. By using my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. I'd like to show you a photo that was taken in Uganda when I was on mission there. The woman's name is Teresa. She was inhabited by some kind of demonic spirit and it took intense prayer for no less than two hours for her to be freed. There are people who believe that the casting out of demons passed away with the first generation of the church. What shall we say then? You've got a demon? Too bad. You're stuck with it? Is that what we're supposed to tell troubled people? I cannot and will not buy into that dead theology. God is the same yesterday, today and forever, right? Is his hand waxed too short to save us in every area of our lives? Not just for eternity. Remember, we do pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are people I've known who've been absolutely traumatized by demons because their church leadership has no interest in the authority that Jesus came to bring us. Let me tell you that I have been freed from so many demons, I've had to count them up before preparing this message. I know them by name. Depression is one of them. I did work a 12-step recovery program to rehabilitate my thinking many years ago. But my problem wasn't purely mental or emotional. It was actually spiritual. I was freed from this demon in Vicker Street in Kilkenny in January 2000. That same year, I was freed from the demon of alcoholism and marijuana. If you're going to tell me that they're not demons, well, then think again. I saw into the spirit world one evening after smoking weed, and I did see something that was demonic. I'm going to quote from a website called gotquestions.org. In it, they say, ancient Greek uses of pharmakia closely mirror the generic modern English word drugs. The same Greek 
root word produced English terms such as pharmacy and pharmacist. Are you getting a picture here? I was also freed from a misogynistic demon, a demon of anger, a demon of rejection, and a demon that caused me to be very confrontational. Think about it. Jesus cast out seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. I was also freed from a demon of religion and a spirit of mockery. That that left my life too. I will never forget the look of relief that I saw in Teresa's face after the Lord freed her. As you can see in the photograph, her face is radiant and not at all covered with shame. So if you think that being freed from unclean spirits is confined to the days of the New Testament, she and I would strongly differ. That's because we know that if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. So folks, what do you make of Joe's story? Do you believe it's something of yesteryear or do you believe it applies now? He makes the claim that out of his personal experience, he knows it to be true. But what are your thoughts on it? When we dig into Psalm 107, we see in this psalm four scenarios that are played out of where the Lord is working in people's lives. Four pictures, if you will, of how it happens. But I think that it can correlate with modern day illnesses and diseases and sicknesses, etc. and all the rest of it. And we'll look at that in a little bit more detail in a while. But also, the underlying thing the whole way through is that we should be people who give God praise and thanks for what he has done. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. That is the premise of this psalm. Even with the circumstances that are outlined, it is give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. I was reading through the book of Jeremiah and there was one of the people who was Baruch, who was the scribe who used to write down everything for Jeremiah. And he was lamenting that he was losing everything to the Babylonians because the Babylonians were coming and overtaking all of the land, conquering the ground of Israel. And Israel were being taken off into captivity. And Jeremiah has a message for him. He goes, stop looking at all that you're going to lose and rejoice at the fact that you will come through this with your life, that God is going to spare your life. When you look at what you're going through, have you reason to thank God for his goodness, even if just be for one thing, that you are alive and able to face the day? Let's dig into this in more detail after we've listened to this song. This song is a mashup of Amazing Grace and A Peaceful Easy Feeling by the Eagles, done by Tim Hawkins. Have a listen. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. So Psalm 107, what is the excitement about? As I said, the initial premise of the psalm is this. The psalmist is encouraging, exhorting you and me to give thanks to the Lord for he is one, good, and two, his love endures forever. You turn on the news, you watch what's happening in our world, look at the wars that's taking place, look at the devastation that's taking place, Look at all of what humanity does to humanity. And you could query, where is the good God in all of this? But we must separate God from the chaos of humanity. Because God is holy. He is set apart from it all. And the psalmist goes and tells us that we have to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And his love endures 
forever. Then he goes on to tell the story of the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foes, those he gathered from lands, from east and west, from north and south. And so God is building his church, his people, and we have reason to rejoice, no matter what area of the world that we come from. But obviously the psalmist is speaking about how it is that the people of Israel are gathered back from the nations, back to the promised land. And so he's saying that the Lord, as he's gathered people from north, south, east and west, they come together and he's saying, let the redeemed sing. For us as Christians, in New Testament context, we know that we, the church, are redeemed and we have reason to give thanks because the Lord is good and because his love endures forever. So I said there was four scenarios painted in this. And the first scenario is this. It goes and says in verses 4 to 7, Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord, and he delivered them from their distress. And he led them to a straight way, to a city where they could settle. The second scenario we read is, Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners, suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. The third scenario is some became fools through their rebellious ways. And suffered affliction because of their iniquities. And they loathed all food. And they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. And scenario number four is this. Some went out on the sea in ships. There were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their pearl, their courage melt away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. And he stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed, and they were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. So we have similar scenarios outlined for us. In each of these scenarios, what we see is that there are circumstances that have come into a person's life, have been created by God himself with the intent that that person is going to cry out to him, and then he would save them out of their distress and bring them into a peaceful place. And you know what? That is what has happened with all of us to varying degrees. Don Manon, speaking of the passage that we've just read about the ocean and the waves, goes and says, there are three types of people in the world. There are those who are entering into a storm. There are those who are in the storm. And there are those who are coming out from the storm. 
So who are you today? Are you someone who is entering a storm? Are you someone who's in the storm? Are you someone who's coming out from the storm? But here's the thing. No matter what the circumstance, what we can know is this, that God is good and that his love endures forever. No matter what you're going through, God is good and his love endures forever. And you can know it in your life. No matter what the circumstance. And so the psalmist repeats four times as well. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Second time he goes, says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Third time he goes and says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Fourth one goes and says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Today are you someone and you know that you've been redeemed. You've been taken out of the problems in which you find yourself. You are now in a right standing with the Lord and have reason to praise him. When I was reading the verses in 31 and 32, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. What occurred to me as I was reading the various different things that he brings them to the desired heaven, he brings them to a place where they could settle. I had this, this picture of Christ walking through the streets of our towns with people, maybe you, wanting to bring them to a place where they could settle. And as he passed the door of the church of where I preside, he went and said, no, that's not a safe place for you. And I was like, Lord... Why is the churches that I'm in not a safe place? What do we need to do to be a safe place where someone can settle? A safe place that becomes their desired haven to come and have fellowship with us. To be the place where they can meet with the assembly and praise and worship God. And that has been the challenge of this psalm to me. Would you be someone who would feel safe? In a church where I preside. What stops you from meeting in the assembly. And to give God praise and thanks for his love. That endures forever. And for his goodness. Towards you. That's a question I can't answer. But it is a question that indeed I do ponder. As I consider this psalm. And for that. And that reason alone. This psalm poses for me a great challenge what about you what does it do for you as you hear these words are you someone who can thank god are you someone who can praise god for his love for his wondrous deeds towards you for his love that endures forever for his goodness towards you no matter what circumstance you find yourself in today or are you someone at this present moment in time 
you are crying out to God. If you are someone and you are crying out to God, he will answer you. That's what this psalm says. And he will save you and bring you to a place where you can settle. Be blessed as you consider the words of this psalm. Midlands 103. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. So we've had a brief snapshot of Psalm 107. I would encourage you to read it for yourself. We've listened to Joe's story in regard to the darker things of life and how it was that he had a battle with his demons and he needing to be delivered as was the lady in his story. Now we turn to Joseph. Joseph, as you remember, is still in jail. And we've just read in Psalm 107 how it is that the Lord goes and takes us out of the darkness, breaks the bars of prison. Is that going to happen for him? Or is he just going to be left there to rot? It's time to hand over to Pastor Phil for the next installment of The Life of Joseph. Hello again, folks, and welcome to Treasuring Jesus. Very grateful to those of you who tune in on a regular basis, and also to those of you who occasionally send in comments, whether they're encouragement, which is much appreciated, and or if they're instructive uh, to try to correct me when I'm going slightly wrong. Thanks for all your comments. Appreciate it. As you know, we've been reading what I've called the colourful history of Joe Jacobson. Who's he? Joseph, son of Jacob. Now we know that God's with him, but at this particular moment he's still in prison. And two of his fellow prisoners, members of Pharaoh's staff, they were anxiously awaiting to see if the outcome of their dreams would turn out just as Joseph had said. Let's find out. Genesis chapter 40. And verse 20. Now it came to pass on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. Then he restored the chief butler to his butlership again, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Well, how do you like that? That's the thanks you get, maybe Joseph thought. After all he'd done for Pharaoh's butler, Joseph is forgotten. We can only imagine his disappointment, which probably grew over the months that followed. Was he going to just rot in prison for the rest of his life? Let's read on. Genesis chapter 41, from the start. Now it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river. And suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then, behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second time. And suddenly seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, plump and good. 
Then, behold, seven thin heads, blighted by the east wind, sprang up after them. And the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed, it was a dream. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for the magicians of Egypt, all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Now it must have been at that moment that a light went off in the butler's head. And he went over to the king and said, well, your majesty, actually, it just so happens that in prison, and Joseph is identified and brought before Pharaoh. I think there's one thing that's, that's worth noticing. In verse 14, it said that before he went before Pharaoh, Joseph shaved and changed his clothes. And that must have made him feel better for the appointment. Back at college, we were encouraged before examinations to, to wash our hair and brush our teeth because it made you feel better. <laughs> Maybe it didn't help uh, with the stuff that should have been in your head in the first place, but at least you felt fresh as you tried to recall it and put it down on the paper. Now, all of us, of course, we dress differently depending on where we are. Not the same for the office and for the, or for the garden. Not the same in the classroom as the gym. Differently relaxing at home or in church. Now Joseph decided to show proper respect to the country's king. And my guess is that Pharaoh took note of that. And his dreams were interpreted. As Joseph predicted, seven years of plenty with seven years of famine to follow. Joseph also had the audacity to actually suggest what should happen next, what should be done in view of the dreams that he had just interpreted. Joseph's opportunity came and he grabbed it with both hands. I understand that there's a sculpture which is entitled Opportunities and I believe its eyes are, are obscured and there are wings on its feet. Why so? Well, the eyes are obscured because sometimes uh, opportunity can come and we don't recognize it. And it's unexpected. What about the wings on the feet? Well, opportunity sometimes arrives and then speeds on past with unexpected, unwelcome haste. So we've got to grab it while we can. I don't know what opportunities may come to you today, but it's a good idea to pray and ask the Lord to help you take those opportunities for his glory and for his honor. Bow with me as we pray together. Lord, we thank you for your hand upon our lives, bringing to us opportunities to make an impact for your glory. Please keep us alert, giving us both courage and wisdom for all of the decisions and choices that come across our path today. We bring this our prayer in Jesus' precious name. Amen.